Welcome to another episode of Fitness or Fiction. In today's episode, we're going to talk about children lifting weights. And I don't want to call it controversial because it really isn't. There is a growing breadth of research about how the panic started in the 50s and continually increased through the 90s was garbage and created by people that actually don't model the right behavior for their children in the first place. So, um, getting into last week, how did you feel after last week talking about the BCAs? I feel like I spent a lot of money on BCAs <laughs> that went nowhere. <laughs> well, I, I came out of that one feeling kind of conflicted because I'm like, well, if you have sufficient protein intake, BCAs are superfluous, meaning they're not really required. Mm -hmm. But for people that maybe don't have adequate protein, uh, they could be something that's a decent option, even though we found some research that was like, even muscle wasting, it doesn't help a lot. So yeah, I think EAAs is something we're going to have to talk about at some point because the research on those is interesting if we, if we dig into that. Yeah. I just came out of the BCAAs, just get adequate protein. Why don't you get mm -hmm. the, get the real thing? Unless you're like next level, like if you've already dialed in, you're exercising a lot and you're dialing in your diet. It's like, yeah, get into it. Or, you know what? If you're really struggling with your diet, maybe it has some value. But is it worth the money was the thing I came out of. You know what? I want to talk about creatine. Ooh, creatine has a lot of really good stuff. Creatine is very good. It's probably one that I say is good for most. But is it worth the money for what you're trying to accomplish? You're going to see me get super nerdy on that one. Are you? Yeah, because it deals mainly with... Nerd. Yeah. But anyways, it deals with mainly with phosphorylation. So people think like, oh, I can get more ATP built because creatine phosphate and whatever. But actually, your body to create uh, phosphorylation without the extra creatine is going to really use a lot of magnesium and B vitamins, um, especially people that are short uh, due to chronic conditions mm -hmm. on those two substances. Uh, it can actually be a sparing agent. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we should talk about that at some point. So kids lifting weights is kind of... I need to hear wins first. I, w I want to talk about it, but I need wins from you. I know, but like kids lifting weights is kind of an old wives tale. Oh, yeah. it. So I've heard it placed in conversation. A lot of times it's like, ooh, controversial issue, hot topic. And I'm like, yeah, even the way you're putting that down is like calling into question. And it's not in question. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I don't think it is controversial. The, there's strong emotions on it. I'll say that, mm -hmm. but the emotions are founded on fear and panic and they're not thinking the what ifs all the way through. It's like, well, what if my kid lifts weights? Well, they could do X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, what if they don't? Well, the list is longer. So, but we'll get there. What are your wins, sir? Wins for the week. I had a good week, man. You know what? I, I'm making progress on, on walking. I posted on my Facebook. I'm like, I don't know how many people are really going to understand what this means, but I went for a run today. Sometimes the little things are big things. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm getting control of my left leg a little bit more. So I'm, I'm going to put that down in the wins column really stringently. Mm -hmm. And then uh, William has identified that he wants to come and help me coach my athlete on Saturday, Damien, in Olympic weightlifting. And uh, I think he's going to get a little opportunity to do a couple lifts in between the sessions and stuff just to be in front of people and and see what it's like to be there. And yeah. uh, he has his own little five-pound aluminum bar and I things thought like it, this. it's not good for kids to lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel triggered. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I want to hear wins on you. I had some good wins. There's lots of, there's lots of client wins and client successes. Um, the wife and her friends started a little weight loss competition that I'm kind of monitoring. We had some playful times with that, creating little videos, like pre-videos. We're going to do videos in the middle and videos at the end, kind of like a reality TV show. I hear there might be an opportunity for a guest judge in there. Yeah, that's going to be you, my friend. Yes. I had a mental health win, I'll say. Ooh, I like those. Um, I think most people are struggling right now. These past two years has been a little more interesting than the, uh, maybe the past 10 years, but <laughs> interesting. That's a good word. Interesting. Yeah. But I had, I meditated on this guided meditation. I did a meditation like a month ago and it was a guided one and it was based off of like visualization, like visualizing the things that you want to actually come to come true. And I'm very good at visualizing things going wrong. I'm really good at that. Okay. I'm like a pro if you need like any advice. But 
so I did this guided meditation and I found it very helpful. So last week I like, I felt inspired to try to find another one that would kind of guide me to visualize good things coming to fruition. And it was like, I closed my eyes and I was breathing. It was four minutes and this girl was talking. And then she kind of told me to envision myself going to my happy place and my happy place right now that I envisioned was going back to Tofino, even though I was sick there. It was going to the beach at nighttime watching the stars. And it's like, oh, imagine you're at the beach and I imagine I was there. And then it's like, yes. Does your happy place involve a little person on a tricycle wearing chaps? No, does yours? <laughs> <laughs> I just started thinking about Happy Gilmore. I was like, I want to hear about this happy place. <laughs> so anyways, you're on. You're in Tofino. There's the stars and everything. She tells you to imagine yourself there. Like you meet yourself there, except your future self, like one year in advance. But this person, everything has come to fruition that you want. So this person is like, got everything that you've been shooting for. And then like, what would that person tell you like as advice or feedback? And like in that meditation, my future self grabbed current Eric and kind of just gave him a shake and was like, man, like you just need to calm down. Stop taking everything so seriously. Like just have a little faith in everything like and stop beating yourself up. And I cried like I was by myself in my room, but I was like started crying through this meditation just because I felt like that pent up, I guess. Mm. And I'm going to say that's a, like an emotional win or a mental health win. Like I don't find it very often that I'm going to make myself cry just through thought. But no, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Exploring, finding, finding reality for yourself. That's Boy, good. Boys don't cry though, right? Yeah. You've never cried. During, I've never seen you cry once. During the Olympics was hard, man. There's that like, that one commercial where like there's a girl that was adopting a child and the child had no legs and oh yeah, well, she has some significant genetic stuff. She's like, "Well, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be good." And I'm like, <laughs> I got the pre-cry lip quiver. But you know how I got rid of it was I started picturing the little person in your happy place on this dress. <laughs> That's your happy place. <laughs> <laughs> with the awkward wave he yeah. really waved awkwardly yeah, in happy did. gilmore ah. <laughs> and chubbs was there everyone was there it was good it's all in the hips i think henrik would be in my happy place yeah 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 he would he'd be like yeah buddy yeah like, oh, okay oh okay. yeah oh that was my favorite that ooh. and they put the plate back and plates back down oh that was good but uh we need to get into today because we're we're not going to be um, really long in the conversation. So let's talk about like the historical implications of this question. So the question itself, is it safe for kids to lift weight? Um, a lot of times in literature, you're going to see like, um, adolescence and that's like pre-puberty. And then, then you're going to see, um, you know, pubescent and post-pubescent and whatever else. And this is how they talk about it. But for me, when it comes to kids lifting weight, I'm talking like prepubescent, like adolescence. Like we're talking probably in the neighborhood of like, well, you know, five to like 13-ish, depending on a variety of factors for that kid. But yeah, um, so that's the question. And there's a long history of this going on. Like in the 1800s, you'd actually see kids using Indian clubs. And that's that's not actually a problem to say because we're talking about East India. So they've, they've started renaming them just because they're worried about connotations. But anyways, it's talking about East India. Mm -hmm. um, so there's kids using dumbbells and Indian clubs and things like that, but they were lightweight. So people didn't really mind it. And it was part of the training process. Um, right around the fifties is when things started to go a little bit sideways. And it seems as though it coincides with kind of physical culture slash bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Which I think you can understand. Bodybuilding was an interesting one, though, because they really, like, started to amp up the volume on, like, accessory-type work or, like, isolation-type work. Yeah. Well, like, you'd see guys like Eugene Sandow and stuff that was, like, he would do bodybuilding stuff, but it was more of, like, a strongman sideshow thing. Mm -hmm. And people didn't really get sensitive about that so much. But when we started seeing, I don't, this is a little bit of a, a kind of this isn't backed by research this is more of what i'm noticing it kind of coincides with the use of performance enhancing agents mm -hmm. and all of a sudden bodybuilders are, are like you're starting to see these big increases in size and all these sorts of things and you know weeder and um oh there's another guy i forget his name but um they started putting out a lot of things that were really targeting like high school aged kids or boys mm -hmm. especially 
especially back then, which is another very interesting thing we should talk about at some point the whole, um, should women lift and wh- where does this kind of girls are going to get bulky and look like boys. It's uh, all of that. That's another topic and rattles me a up. A future episode. Yeah. But really it comes down to like, okay, so they're starting to push, like you should be lifting weights. You should be doing this at home and we have less supervision and you know, they start seeing characters like Arnold Schwarzenegger on pumping iron in the seventies. And do you, how many parents are going to see that and be like, you know what my kids should do that. Yeah. So I think that it really coincided with that. But in the late seventies and 79, there was this article that came out and this is kind of this presets kind of where everybody was getting to, especially you know, in the fifties and sixties and seventies with the rise of all this sort of stuff. And then in, in 79, there was this, this thing came out and it, you know, when we start talking about it, it's, it's like, well, what is the publication we're talking about? And it's, it's called, it's a policy statement called the strength training by children and adolescents. And it's by the American Academy of Pediatrics pediatrics so their intention was to guide pediatricians in the in the kind of conversation with parents about whether kids should lift weights Mm -hmm. that was their original intention but there's this big issue associated with it as well so they were using data from something called the u.s consumer product safety commission national electronic injury surveillance system that's that's actually the name Mm -hmm. yeah and there's no acronym either which is crazy (laughs) probably spells something not so good but anyways they start talking about the number of injuries associated with weight training which is and they they actually said weight lifting and whenever that is two separate words you're like they don't know the sport they don't know anything about it they're just you know so they're using this flawed system that doesn't tell you what the injury was it's just oh somebody showed up to the emergency room and they said they were lifting weights it's like, well, were they actually training or were they lifting something in the garage? What type of injury was it? Was it a strain? Did they drop something on their foot? I don't know. Yeah. But when they originally reported this, they started saying things like, yeah, you know, um, it's likely to cause growth plate fractures and it's likely that it's going to... That's everyone's big concern with this is like, oh, it's going to fracture the growth plate and it's going to stunt the kid's growth. So if the kid lifts the weights too young, they're not going to grow to be maximum size. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think that's it. But why don't we just stop there and talk about what, what are the common things that you hear that people are concerned about when they're asking their adolescents or even teenagers to lift? Like, or wrestling with the idea of whether they should what are some of the common concerns you hear i think that's the biggest one is it's going to stunt their growth stunt their growth okay i think the injuries thing is really big i actually think that injuries are overrepresented in lifting in general Mm -hmm. um i i know that's the case because people are always the first thing is like well your technique needs to be like this or you'll get hurt it's like well (laughs) no it's a pretty safe endeavor because i think we can agree on anything physically active the risk is not zero can we agree on that if you get out of bed the risk is not zero if you go to sleep the risk is not zero that's true you can wake up like pretty jacked up from a bad sleep (laughs) there's a lot of things that can happen we we know this but like i just find it really interesting that not many people are looking at the forces involved Mm -hmm. so it's it's really common to have your kid go into gymnastics right like I see a lot of, like I took Will to gymnastics when he was like There's gymnastics, two, martial arts. Yeah, Will does both. Yeah. Um, but people are like, oh, gymnastics are good for kids, but they shouldn't be lifting weights. I'm like, wait a second. So they can balance and press their entire body weight, but not if it's on a bar. Can you tell me why that's so different? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so now we're going to do handsprings. So we're doing more than their body weight and impact on the joint, but that's safer. We'll talk about doing like a kid doing like 10 jumping squats. I used to climb the playground, which is probably like at least a 12 foot slide that I would go up and I would go to the top of that and jump down for what I would say was reps because I liked jumping from that high and like yeah. just collapsing into the ground. Like, so what's more impact on my body? Like little jump squats where I'm getting six inches off the ground or jumping from a 12 foot slide multiple times. Well, I think a good place to start is the injury one, and we can get to the growth plate one because it is a type of injury. Um, The other stuff that I think would be kind of a side note would be like, well, drug use has been something that, like even in that article by the pediatricians, it was talking about how they stringently um, condemn the use of anabolics with 
adolescence. I'm Children. like, <laughs> no who sh- doesn't? Can you show me somebody who doesn't condemn that? I'll be like, yo, you need to give your head a shake. Like, what? Do you-, you know what? My eight-year-old needs some steroids. I'm like, <laughs> that to me isn't it. I've probably only seen two kids who I think have been on juice, and they're probably like, again, I don't know these kids. I'm talking little like Hercules. You talking about little Hercules? Little Hercules yeah, is one, and there's another kid right now. It's pretty notorious. He's, he's getting older, though. He's probably 18, but he's jacked. Yeah. He's on the carnivore diet. Mmm. But, yeah. yeah, so. So chicken did it. I think two guys, two kids I might have seen on the juice. Yeah, well, and maybe, right? But I think we can say that that's something that nobody condones. Like that's, No one <laughs> thinks that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't even think it even. It's nice to mention, uh, hey, P.S., that's not a good idea. Like, okay, fine. But like putting that front and center, well, I don't think I would give my kid any supplement aside from like a Flintstones gummy. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's that's something that is just considered general practice. It's like, yeah, okay, don't give your kid vitamins, a bunch of powders and chemicals. Vitamins and food, good. Chemicals and anabolics, not good. Like, we can caveman that. We'll just leave it there. Fair. I'm good with it. <laughs> So outside of that, it's like, okay, well, injuries. So first of all, I'm going to say that data on injuries is crappy. Like if you, if you picture like, where are we getting the data and what does it actually mean? I don't think there's anything that's going to give you really solid data. So for instance, there was a big drive to take monkey bars away from playgrounds for a while because they caused too many injuries. That's my childhood, bro. Yeah. I love those. That's the roof of my garage. (laughs) True. True. But like, it's funny because... As we're going to get into here, a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about with lifting weights is no different than other activities. So, for instance, can you get hurt on monkey bars? My son is six and my other son is three. They both use the monkey bars in the garage. I always hold on to Lucas's legs because he's three and it's 10 feet in the air. So let's be careful. William knows and I've taught him that if you feel like you need to let go, you call daddy and you start a five second countdown. So you don't just let go once you've said daddy, you start the countdown. I grab onto your legs and I say, I've got you. And then you let go. Yeah. So that leads into their supervision. Yeah. And I think that's, that should be normal. And rules of engagement. Yeah. Even setting the time limit, like. Right. And I know that, well, he's done five rounds of those without stopping. That's 31 bars per. Yeah. I'm like 155 bars without stopping. That's good. Yeah. So his grip strength is good, but he knows that it's not going to be that every time. He'll get up there. Maybe his hands feel slippery. Maybe he gets distracted, whatever. So I know after the first round, I'm going to be paying attention pretty close, mm-hmm. right? He's not going to start uh, his set while I'm doing a set. Little yeah. things like that. Ground rules, supervision. I think that's safe to talk about. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that we can kind of get into is, okay, injuries. Let's talk about injuries. Injuries in weightlifting, people get sensitive about even with technique, like, oh, you'll hurt yourself if you do this. It's like, no, you'll probably target the wrong tissue. And could you hurt yourself down the road? Yeah. But I think that a lot of people, they make themselves seem like they know less than they do by saying, well, you're going to hurt yourself if you do a pull down like this. Yeah. Like, I've, well, I've seen a guy do that type of pull downs for 30 years. He didn't get great results, but he's not hurt. Yeah. So I think that's something we lean on too heavy. But here's, here's some data. So this is sports injury rates from uh, Hamill in 1994. So I went over this in 2008 with uh, my weightlifting coach when I was doing my coaching program for Olympic weightlifting. And he was like, yeah, so how many of you guys were told that lifting weights is dangerous? And a lot of people put their hands up. And he said, okay, so I present you the following chart. And in this chart, it says soccer. And this is specifically school-aged soccer. So we're talking about like kids that are anywhere from grade seven into like grade 12, essentially. And it's like soccer, injuries per 100 hours performed, 6.2. Weightlifting, 0.0017 per 100 hours. Pretty big difference. Yeah, so we're talking like 600% different. So, but we're worried about it. And the funny thing is, UK rugby, 1.92, less than soccer. Mm. Every kid plays soccer, though, and we don't worry about it, right? Oh, I said that I'm never letting my kids into soccer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why? That's what I said last podcast. Oh, okay. Because just like the knee, I've seen so many people. Like I'm, I am blessed with pretty healthy body, pretty healthy knees, like joints and everything. I've been around a lot of peers who are like 
in their early 20s going through their third knee surgery and i'm like i don't want to put my put my kid through that just like just so they can run around and kick a ball like there's other things we can do that would be just as fun and rewarding without blowing our knees out totally yeah well, and it's interesting here because they separate it out. Um, you can tell that the person who did the study actually understood the sports and lifting because they have power lifting and it's USA statistics. So it's 0. 0.0027 injuries per hundred hours. Um, and people think powerlifting is dangerous. And then weightlifting, like I referenced there, 0. 0.0017 is the sport of Olympic weightlifting. And mm-hmm. then they have separately weight space training, which means they know the difference. Um, and it's 0. 0.0035, meaning about just under three times the injuries in generalized weight training versus Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. See, when I researched this, I had a hard time getting like, like digging into this too much. I don't think I put as much hours into it as you did, but when I was in it, I was looking at a lot of fluff pieces and a lot of fluff work and the fluff articles that I were finding were still pumping out the same context of like, well, it's okay for kids to lift weights, but not power lifting. They're not allowed to power lift. I'm like, well, so that brings up a really good topic. So what are we trying to do with our kids? Like, what are we trying to get across in showing them any endeavor? So whether it's dance or gymnastics or soccer, what are we trying to get across? For me, like when the time comes, it's going to be like trying to teach my kids how to live like a healthy and active lifestyle and how like health and fitness should enrich their lives and make it better. So safe to say modeling. Yeah. I think that's what most people would say. It's really hard when you don't do anything yourself. And yep. that's actually the majority of the population, according to recent research. Mm-hmm. Less than 10% of people are active more than three times a week. Yep. And we deal with that. We know kind of what that looks like and how we help people with it and that sort of thing. But I think that for the most part, modeling is one of the best things. But I find it really interesting that if you see a kid that's really inactive and overweight it's kind of frowned upon to say anything about like, oh man, like we got to get this kid moving or something like that. But if you see a kid on Instagram doing an Olympic lift, most people can't. Why aren't. would you let your kid do that? Yeah, they're not educated enough to know what the bar weighs and what that bar weighs absolute doesn't matter because it's versus the kid's body weight and versus their ability. Mm-hmm. So 50 pounds in my hands versus some of my friends or my wife's hands is very different weight so it's like well heavy lifting it's like well, can you identify that for me super heavy for you that's what you're trying to say <laughs> that's you're right weak. they're all stronger super weak true yes especially my wife she ooh, she packs a punch 102 pounds watch out <laughs> but I, coming back to it it's like okay well what is the goal well i think modeling good behavior is good what are the challenges that we can run into legitimately that actually aren't lifting weights specific? I think relational issues is the number one for me that I think of. What do you mean? So have you ever heard of one of your friends or an example of somebody that was pushed too hard in sport too early and it caused a rift between them and their parents? Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, there's a pressure that's almost with everybody though like there's a pressure point like you've pushed me in training before like not saying but yeah relationship wise between anybody if you push somebody too far it can cause some some space so then between you and me is just peers lifting together and pushing each other as adults good pressure it's not like you didn't perform good enough we're not causing problems after that right Mm -hmm. so i'd call that a good sort of pressure between friends What about when there's an inherent power difference, meaning there's an adult that's, say, 40 for the sake of argument, and a child that's five? Mm -hmm. How much pressure is appropriate to put on that kid? Yeah, the tables turn significantly. Right. And we see it in a lot of different things. Like, you see it in hockey. You've seen that a lot. Like, the amount of pressure put on them, the the debrief after the game. Um, I, I saw it in baseball myself. These are just two fluff points from the articles that I was reading that I, I thought wanna, were most valuable for, for fluffy. Yeah. Fluffy, fluffy. The big don'ts to me that I wrote down was like, don't force young athletes to lift weights that they don't want to. That's probably going to end up in some kind of either relationship issue or a potential injury because they're not even really invested in it or bought into it, right? Things can get sloppy. Things can get little squirrely and then the other one you already touched on but just to really ram the point home is like 
don't let like children strength train if they don't understand or cannot follow the rules being like when you lay down the ground rules and the supervision rules like if you told will these are what the rules are and he's super hyper and on a lot of sugar and he's all crazy and he's not like playing by said rules or foundations that you the boundaries that you laid out then he doesn't get to play the game anymore and that's where injuries can occur it's like well these are the rules and then if he goes and does weightlifting and he's screwing around that's what's going to get him hurt yeah most likely it hurts my feelings but i've kicked my kids out of the garage before and i think that's appropriate yeah like if i'm if i go to do a lift they know that they can't approach the platform yeah and that's specifically because they could die. Yeah, so I could die. I'm lifting like 400 pounds and you're going to come running over trip. Like, mm-mm, you can't even approach. Like, you sit down when I'm lifting. Yeah. And that sounds really stringent, but it kind of needs to be. Well, so to me. Yeah. <laughs> even both of our gyms, though, there's many opportunities for the kids like too hyper to run around and slip and fall and trip and hit your head on a steel pipe or something or a steel bar or anything like there's lots of jagged edges and big big things that could go wrong yeah for sure and there's things that can go wrong with everything so when it comes to kids lifting the first thing that i would say is ground rules are key so it was predicted that 78 percent of the injuries that were presented in this um Oh man, the safety commission, we'll call it the safety commission's numbers were actually caused by lack of supervision and misuse of stuff that's around the house. Yeah. So the first thing when it comes to should kids lift weights under supervision or how many of these injuries are like, yeah, the same thing. Just example for people's brains, kids going around and screwing around with daddy's weights while daddy's at work and oh, daddy bench presses this and da, 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 da without actual, again, the knowledge and how to do so. And like those 78% injuries were majority hands and feet, meaning dropping weights, misusing weight stacks, things like this. Oof. So I think the first place that we need to go is, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely it's safe for kids to lift weights. And there's a lot of caveats to that. And it's interesting because this topic, you have to say be careful because it's kids. With kids, you've got to be careful with everything. Yeah. Right. So I think that's part of why people are so squirrely about it. But the first thing is under supervision. We need to be under supervision. The next thing is, okay, well, they're supervised. Do you have the skill set to be teaching them mm-hmm. what they're doing? Because there is an injury rate with recess play PS, which is actually higher than weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I broke super- my ankle on recess, bro. Yeah. And Guess where there's some growth plates? Right in my ankle. Yeah. It's a smaller ankle now. Yeah, about 20. <laughs> Is it your strong hand? <laughs> but like, I think it's right around 30% of uh, injuries involve the growth plate for kids. Yeah, so I was saying some of the, again, fluff research I found. It, it was interesting to me because this is the first time I actually dug into this topic. But every time the old wife's tale with kids lifting weights is always like, oh, it's going to stunt their growth. To me, that's always the big one. It's going to stunt their growth. And like between 15 to 30 percent of all childhood bone fractures are the growth plate. Yeah. So it's not like it's like this thing that only weightlifting does. Like you could break your growth plates on recess, playing soccer, like doing martial arts, like falling down the stairs. Met like, with a 13-year-old last night that tore his ACL and meniscus uh, skiing. Yeah. Pivoted his ski, didn't come with him. And so that's what we're rehabbing. And I'm showing him here's what we need to establish as far as movement with your knee. But, mm-hmm. you know, supervision is key and an understanding of where you're going. Yeah. You were saying something. Just, I think I was just on the 15 to 30% of childhood fractures. Yeah. There's injury potential in everything. And that's the first thing to understand. Like, how do we mitigate that? So when we talk about supervision, that's one thing. The next thing would be, okay, what is your skill set? Because I've heard too many times in the gym, well, my friend's an engineer and he says, I'm like, well, listen. Well, my friend's in good shape and he does this. Yeah, I I don't need to hear that stuff, especially when people are talking about lifting weights specifically like as soon as i see somebody talk about weightlifting and they're not talking about the sport of olympic weightlifting i'm like yeah you, stop right there you don't know anything mm-hmm. and it's okay but you're uneducated on this topic right so when we start looking at okay do you have the skill set to be teaching the kids what should we be teaching them well the recommendations are actually pretty reasonable on this especially in the 2020 version of this article but 
what they start talking about is neuromuscular control. Like for instance, Will knows that if he doesn't hit the right position, I give him a buzzer and he's not allowed to pick up the weight. Yeah. And that's more fluffy articles is talking about the kids, like teaching them again, the rules of engagement being like, these are like the forms you got to hit and you got to hit it flawlessly before you're allowed to move on. And mm-hmm. if things break down, even me and you talked about that, like with Will, like, I think you said yes, but I'm like, you took a video of him lifting and show it to him, right? Like, so he can see what he looks like when he's doing it. Cause I find that very valuable to see myself. Right. Yeah. Well, in any other, any way to get him to understand what's going on, but I went to teach kids how to do Olympic weightlifting for their Olympic week. And I was using a five pound aluminum bar after they showed me they could use the dowel. Mm-hmm. That's not enough weight for them to really feel anything. Um, it's just enough to give them feedback. So mm-hmm. they all could lift it. No problem with speed. But the thing that I'm recognizing is that there's already a discrepancy. These kids are between, I think it was between four and 11 or something like this, really quite young. And I'm teaching them, okay, here's how you set your posture. Can you arch your back and can you flex your back? And the answer for most of them was no. Yeah, they just didn't have awareness. Right. So what's the first thing we should be worried about with kids? Awareness. And that to me is key because you've seen how flexible kids are, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. What if we take the flexibility that's already there, the mobility they already have, and we teach them movement skills around it so that they own that space? Mm-hmm. Like they can learn anything they want after that. And weightlifting is a really good way of slowing it down and being like, okay, so here's how you move your body. Here's how you set it. Here's how you brace. Now show me. And as we teach those movement skills, they apply really well to other stuff. And there's a recent study in the last five years done on firefighters and somebody teaching them okay well here's good lifting posture and then getting them back to work and they monitored the group that they taught the technique to and the people that they didn't and lo and behold there's this huge difference in injuries reported after that weird yeah right not to put like people i'm gonna put some people on blast not to put people on blast but i'm gonna throw you on blast do it yeah Ooh. Thinking about kids, when you talk about this, you're talking about teaching kids Olympic weightlifting in class and things like that. The first place that my brain goes to is I'm thinking about like 20 to 30 kids. How many of those 20 to 30 actually are interested in what we're doing? How many of them are excited about it? Then I think about that sloppy technique, lack of give a crap, um, kids like not paying attention, not focusing. Skill set for the teacher. Skill set for the teacher was where I was going to put people on blast being like in elementary junior high and high school how many of these gym teachers are actually because in my experience again i'm not that knowledgeable on the topic but i think a lot of these teachers that wasn't their passion sometimes teachers just thrown into it like oh yeah you you teach science now you're a science teacher now enjoy and they're like man i really wanted to be a social studies teacher or this teacher a gym teacher like i know some gym teachers who didn't really want to be gym teachers and they don't really that active and they don't really go that hard but they're teaching these kids how to move safely so if you have somebody teaching these kids a weightlifting form or technique or something like that anything and they're not that passionate about it the kids are going to get hurt because the intention behind it and the 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 supervision is not to the quality that it should be yeah resistance training just basic resistance training. Have you ever met trainers that needed to improve their skill set? Yeah, I'm one of them. I was going to say, like, when you say about everybody, like, I moved relatively well, but when you say, like, oh, yeah, knowledge and things, I've been in the industry for 10 years, and I still don't know. Like, I still feel like I don't know everything. I don't know a lot of things. There's so much room for me to grow and learn. And I've been immersed in the industry for 10 years, 10 hours a day. Well, part of that's humility. Part of that is humility. You can keep people safe and you get outstanding results. But the other side of it is, well, most people that are instructing, I'm going to say most because these large classes that are essentially free are going to be by people that they have the best of intentions. So they have the best of skills and rarely adults and children are resist. Some or most are resistant to resistant training. So if you have somebody that comes in adult or child, that's like, oh, adult, a parent, I want my kid to lose weight. Well, does your kid want to lose weight? Does your kid like buy into this process? Does your kid want to exercise? Because if your kid is just going through the motions because you forced him to come to this this class or do this thing, that resistance is going to increase the probability of risk of injury in my head if they have no intent and no drive to be there. Yeah. These things are all factors. Yeah, I think those are factors for sure. But... It, 
this whole thing is like, okay, well, is it safe for kids to lift weights? Under supervision, yes. With somebody qualified, that's a big deal. So I, I was working with the 13-year-old I mentioned, Josh, legend of a kid, really good, focused. He wants his knee back. He wants to get back to playing basketball and things like this. And just talking with him, his mom sat in through the whole session just to kind of see where he was at and what, what he was doing and whatever else. And that sort of commitment is exactly what you want to see. Mm-hmm. It's not like, here's my kid. I got to go do other stuff. She was there engaged and she had almost nothing to say because she's like this is his body and he's got to figure it out and i'm going to support him by bringing him to somebody that i know understands what's going on Mm -hmm. but i'm not pressing him this needs to be him i'm like oh man that's huge Mm -hmm. so supervision and proper skill set qualified i think that part of the reason you're seeing kind of a a waning drive towards this is because there's more respect for people that are good in the strength and conditioning world now. Mm-hmm. And there's the, the actual results of the studies they're doing are pretty, pretty damning. It's like, well, the, the injury potential is not different for kids and adults, like exercise strength. But <laughs> exercise strength, um, exercise intelligible thought process. But so moving on from there, it's like, okay, so under supervision, it's good. Having somebody who's qualified is good. That's the easy stuff. What are we looking for with kids? We're looking for neurological coordination first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Meaning if they can't control a basic concept like irradiation. Irradiation is, you can call it whatever you want, but finding a muscle and squeezing that muscle. Can you find that? Can you move through a range with that under tension? Mm -hmm. If the answer is no, should we add external load? Not a lot. (laughs) Yeah, we shouldn't be adding. If they can't demonstrate control with what they have, we shouldn't be adding. Mm-hmm. So I gave my three-year-old a dowel to do a bench press with. And when I first gave it to him, it was like, like doing yeah. rows with, because he didn't really understand what he was doing yet. Yeah. I said, okay, we need to stop it. Stop it. I'm going to try to push it around. You stop it. And once he did, it was like, okay, so now let's give you two pounds. We're going to try to stabilize this and put a little two pound plate between his hands and now stop that from moving. Good. Okay. Now you got stability. So let's take the weight away. Now, can you bring it down to your chest and press it? And you see like the control's not there, but as you establish it, it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Can you control your hips? Can you control your rib cage? And in a lot of ways, I would say that Olympic weightlifting is a really good sport because it is dynamic and they have to build it the ground up and because it's dynamic you try to do a snatch you overload a snatch guess what happens you don't lift it yeah whereas can you grind out a pretty grimy squat oh yeah so i coach both sports i like powerlifting and olympic lifting and for those listening that need to know the difference squat bench deadlift is powerlifting snatch clean and jerk is weightlifting but you'll see Chinese and Russian athletes that are starting when they're like six, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. They do gymnastics. They do a lot of technique work, a lot of quality work. And it's not because they don't want them to be super strong. It's because they do. Mm-hmm. So it's a fo- lot of positional work, I find. Yeah. It's crazy amount of positional work from when I see like the kids training on the Chinese weightlifting team. Like you don't see them like lifting lots and lots of weight a lot of the time. It's a lot of positional work, a lot of like finding positions. But I know if you've ever done any decent training, I know I can sit in a position of like the middle of a snatch like pole or the middle of a like a clean pole. If you make me sit there for 30 seconds while you talk to me, which you've done to me before, it's greasy. Yep. Like, and I'm not even moving. I'm just sitting there, even just holding a 45 pound and you start to be like, oh my God, this is exhausting. And I'm yeah. just position, just holding position. Yeah, so if we have supervision, qualified people, then we would look at... The actual process and it's like okay so neuromuscular control first then what expressing the actual things that they'll need for the rest of life but when we when we talk about you know what are the best things that we can that we can coach kids on i would say a modeled behavior is going to be key they see you doing it they're going to be interested if you try to force them into it they're going to give you resistance because i would too mm-hmm. so is pressure a bad thing? I would say pressure is a bad thing. Model the behavior that you want to see. But this whole debate gets really funny for me because we focus so much on what's safe for kids to do. It's like, is it safe not to give them the the tools that they need to be a functional adult and be the healthiest they can be? 
because everyone wants the best for their kids. I would, I would say that's true. The risks of not having your kid be active far outweigh the risks of them being active. Meaning, well, I broke my, uh, a lot of bones in my hands growing up. I broke my ankle one time, I think. But all of those injuries didn't stop me from being a functional adult. And if I had stopped and not done all the activities associated, I would be in a position where I don't have the skill set that I have as far as movement. Mm -hmm. And giving our kids the ability to avoid things like diabetes, hypertension, depression, anxiety, like all of these things that are paired together with somebody being physically active, there's more on the line for not teaching them something that's available they can do at home by themselves in any environment, anywhere they go. You don't need a whole team to do weightlifting mm -hmm. or lifting weights, resistance training. So I think that's, we need to talk about what's on the line and that's what's on the line. Yeah. It just seems like now, nowadays more than ever with like the prevalence of like obesity and all the, the health issues that you just mentioned, like the modeling that's going on for our kids is becoming less and less as we, as our lives get more cushioned and more cushioned and more comfortable. Yeah. And life isn't without risk. So it's hard to, it's hard for the younger generation to get them to really buy in and love movement. If mom and dad don't really love movement, even if mom and dad are like, Oh yeah, go move. But mom and dad are just going to sit there and just watch and not move either. Like, yeah, I think that modeled behavior is key. I think that's true for a lot of things. Some like even the things you don't want your kids to do. It's like when you hear like a six year old curse, it's like, well, it's not like they haven't heard that before. Right. Mm -hmm. And does that need to be a big issue? I'm not weighing in on that at all, but I'm saying if a parent didn't want them to do that and they're doing that, then they can kind of assume that they're going to be checking that out in, in given time. Mm -hmm. So, but when it comes to the actual safety of kids lifting weights, the answer is yes. And that same article by the Pediatricians Association um, gets into uh, prop proper safety procedures and precautions should be looked at. And then they talk, it's really interesting because they go back and they say, well, um, they should participate in strength training programs. Uh, they should be educated about risks associated with it too. And then it starts talking about, you know, should they do X, Y, and Z? And they're like, well, I don't think that it, it essentially says in here um, they shouldn't do powerlifting and I'm like <laughs> that yeah. comes back to what they kind of pick me. on they kind of pick on little pieces here and there they associate powerlifting specifically because I think it's focus like the primary support of powerlifting is how heavy can you get those three movements and that comes with like added pressure and also when you add in the sport and competitiveness of it parents might try to pressure their kids like oh push a little harder get a little bit more we want that number higher because this kid did that number so you got to do a little bit more to beat that kid so the added pressure of the sport when you throw it in on top versus just like doing it for movement like that starts to kind of change the game a little bit which is why they're avoidant of don't power lift you yeah. can bodybuild which i don't yeah it's it's really interesting but like the things that I would draw back to is like, okay, so we shouldn't be hyper about getting the kids to try to gain a lot of muscle. And that's, that's crazy. Cause they're not hormonally able to do that when they're a pre adolescent, like not, not in puberty yet. Um, and even when they are, it's like, well, can, can they exercise to gain muscle? Yeah, they can. Should it be the focus? The focus should be for love of the game in my view, but outside of that, what are the real risks associated with it? they are far less than the average sport, far less. Mm. Uh, even when you say the average sport, talking about soccer, far less risky. So why is it that it's something that people dump on? I'll tell you why, because they don't understand force. Mm -hmm. So I had a lady arguing with me stringently that her kid could lift zero weights, 13 years old, tennis player, pretty high level. He can use resistance bands, but not weight. I'm like, well, but the only thing that's different about that is your own head, like what you think about it. Because a 10 pound weight is always a 10 pound weight, but that resistance band, I can get to go far past 10 pounds and it's only force on his body. Like, well, we'll never agree on this. I'm like, about how much force is on his body because the resistance band offers more. Yeah. So it's people not understanding. And you know, when you have a, a child sprint, you can have up to five times their body weight on one leg. 
Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to have them squat that? Well, that's like even to take it back to me jumping off the 12 foot slide. Like how much force is going on my knees when I did that repeatedly? Yeah. Probably more than if I squatted double body weight, I'm sure. <laughs> True. And that's still like, I wouldn't ask you to jump off of that. Would you do it? Probably. Yeah. But I'll I still right wouldn't now. ask you to. I'll do it right now, Curtis. Well, maybe I will now. You're not a kid anymore, so I'm not worried. I'm yeah, gonna, it's I'll way it. easy. It's way better now. I'll TikTok it. <laughs> it's this way guy better now. busts his leg. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go viral. But really, at the end of the day, it's like, well, am I gonna ask kids to do that? No. And I'm gonna actively teach Will and Lucas. It's all about quality. Mm-hmm. What we're looking for specifically is how well can you do it? Can you hold those positions? And I celebrate the crap out of when they do. And I have some videos of them. They saw my client, David, competing in powerlifting. They wanted to learn the lifts. So I let them learn the lifts, and I let them lift some weights on their little bar. Lucas has a plastic one. Will has a aluminum five-pounder. And they were stoked for it. Um, so me telling them, no, you can't, means that they're likely going to want to try that when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And they're not really at the age where they're going to be in my garage without me, but I would rather educate them into this is how you do it and give them opportunities to see it rather than trying to force them into different zones. Mm -hmm. I want to give them lots of exposure and moving external load is a key feature of life. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to do that at some point. So I think avoiding it's crazy. Yep. So at the end of the day, if we're talking about fitness or fiction, um, fiction, (laughs) yeah, kids not lifting weight is total fiction. Um, It is something that has been propagated by fear and you know, it's fear when they start saying, we also don't think they should do anabolics. I think, I think something that maybe we should talk about too is maybe just the logistics of weight training in general that we didn't touch on. Because we talk a lot about Olympic weightlifting, a little bit on powerlifting. But when we talk about things like bodybuilding, like are we going to just like take Will and Lucas and just blast their biceps for an hour and just mutilate their biceps so they get the big pipes? Like, Listen, you ain't mutilating anything around my boys. No, I'm whoop your ass. You know what I mean though. So like <laughs> when they say like kids shouldn't lift weights – like I don't really like see that that much value maybe like a set but when we talk about bodybuilding it's like smashing one one isolated like muscle group or like some kind of split I don't think there's a lot of value to Lucas and Will doing an arm day no well like setting up a proper routine for them isn't going to look like an arm day if they had a knee injury I might set up a day where we're focused on that zone but Really, when we're looking at resistance training, what should kids be focused on? We should be looking at ideal execution and awareness. Meaning if I was to take Will and show him how to do a proper lat pull that most trainers don't know, Mm -hmm. and I'd be like, here's how you find your lat. Is that valuable for him? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. It's awareness training. So I'd be like, okay, so we're going to do this to find your lats, and then we're going to do this type of squat where you're staying totally upright, and then we're going to do one where you're low bar. And neither one of them have much weight. But it is going to be something where it's like, oh, I can use the back of my leg. I can use the front of my leg. I, giving them options, I think that's the place to go. Again, so identifying awareness and position rather than just blasting a tissue to absolute yeah. failure. Trying to look for like a hypertrophy response. <laughs> you like, imagine like, we're just going to grow your lats, Will. You feel that pump, baby? Get it, Will. <laughs> yeah. He's like six years old. Yeah. You look at it, you're like, eh, I don't know. I saw this meme where this like wife was laying beside her husband and she's like, you need to wake our son up. And they were laying in bed. And then the next picture of the meme is like the dad had the kid by the shoulders and he's like, a leg day is not just leg press and leg extensions. <laughs> I'm like, not that wake up. I like that. I did leg press and leg extensions today. It's not a leg day, Curtis. <laughs> wake up. Oh, well, thanks for that. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of those things. It's, it's a myth propagated by people with poor information in my view. So, um, you know, it's not that challenging to look at, but the last thing that I'm going to say on the topic is how different is teaching kids weight training versus teaching somebody who's an adult or teaching somebody who is um, prenatal or postnatal or um, whatever. It ends up coming back to the same thing. It's like, well, should I be trying to blast somebody's biceps right away? Well, no, actually, anybody What I'd be looking for with that person first is awareness and then build function around the joint. And then can we go after the joint a little bit? Yeah, things around the joint, we can do that. But training done well is going to follow that process for me. It's going to be find awareness, 
develop function, and then we can start worrying about what we want to do with the tissues. Mm -hmm. Fair? I like it. Got anything else to say? I think just like to end it for the like parents listening, I think my big takeaway anyways from this conversation is a big key is identifying some kind of way for your kid to be active that they actually buy into and enjoy rather than just pushing them into something that is miserable. Because I've seen it before. I've seen it with like kids in the past, like friends of mine who are like, oh, got to go to hockey again. And they just hated hockey. And I'm like, well, I'm going to martial arts and it's going to be out soon. <laughs> like I loved going to martial arts. Like it was like the best days ever. Like I got to go train. Like, so whatever you intend for your kid to do, like maybe you love hockey. Maybe your kid doesn't love hockey as much as you want your kid to love hockey. Maybe Will is not going to love Olympic weightlifting. Maybe Will's going to love whatever. And I see that's, that's what I say to people though, to be flexible with your kids and actually find something. I say that to adults when I first train adults, I like talk to them about like finding a way for them to move and exercise that they can become passionate about so they can actually have longevity in their training, not just like. Well, CrossFit's the best. You have to CrossFit. CrossFit's going to be like the best results. So we're just going to hammer you and beat the crap out of you in CrossFit. Like two things that I would say on those lines is, first of all, model the behavior you want to see because it's going to be the most powerful thing. And then the second thing that I would say is leave your biases behind. Because when people say, oh, your kid is going to be so strong, he's going to be a beast. I say the same thing every time. If he wants to be, he might want to play the piano. In that case, I'll teach him that. Only if he CrossFits. (laughs) (laughs) And on that huge (laughs) disappointment, we'll uh, wrap up for the day. Uh, People can get a hold of you at? Eric.berg on Instagram is probably the best spot. Nice. And me, CoachKurt.h. Thanks for spending this time with us. Let us know if you have anything you want us to cover. And in the meantime, take care. Thank you for listening. Thank you.